Hello, everybody. Welcome to She's Got Muscles, the podcast for girls with gains. Um, Now, it is just me this week. I know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus. Um, Nadia's been busy. Holidays are coming up. We've both been busy. But in order to get another episode to you guys here soon, um, I'm going to lead this one here. And then you should have Nadia back, or we should have Nadia back by next week. So today podcast is going to be about something that I just went through personally. So I am just coming off of what is called a deload. So a deload is when you take some time off of the gym. Normally it is a minimum of a week. You'll hear people talk about deload weeks. So that is a week or more. Mine was two weeks of not going to the, to the gym. So my deload started because I had something with my rib. Um, I did something super stupid and I sneezed in the leg press um, and I twisted my body with weight and something just didn't feel right. And I didn't get it checked until two or three days afterwards. Got it checked out, um, was feeling some pain, um, found out that there were some issues with my lat um, in that area because of either the, the damage from the instance or from not getting it taken care of um, immediately. So I had that. Uh, and so I had to pretty much, I couldn't really do upper body. I tried, um, and I think this also was an instant on making it worse is because I got it checked out on the Thursday and then I worked out Fridays and Saturday pretty hard. So I just further put myself into more injury. So I had to take a full week off. And then last week was my second week of deload. I did mostly just legs and some cardio and very, very light upper body with bands and light weights just to focus on contraction and just kind of getting back into my routine, but not just go from zero to 100. So today was my first day back 100% of the gym. Yes, it was legs, but it was really nice just to get back into my normal routine. But a deload can be for a couple of different reasons. So for mine, it was injury-based. So some people might have an injury, a sprain, a pull. Obviously, talk to your doctors. I talked to my doctor and my chiropractor. Um, the doctor recommended one week and then my chiropractor added in that second week just to make sure that I didn't further injure myself or cause extra damage. So between the two of them, we talked about a plan on how to deal with it best because the last thing that you want to do is keep pushing yourself through instances like that because you want to stay at the gym, because you don't want to lose your progress because of any of these other outside factors. Um, you're going to hurt yourself worse than if you were just to take a little bit of time off. I know I struggle sometimes where I think if I take just a couple days or a week or two weeks off, I feel like all my progress is for naught, which that's not the case. Now, it can be the case if you decide to, you know, lose your nutrition and don't do your steps or your walking or your cardio or, you know, if you can still do your daily walks or if you still get your 10,000 steps, obviously you can still do your nutrition. All that stuff is important. Just because you are taking a deload week doesn't mean that you can throw away everything else because then it doesn't become a deload week. It just becomes you not, not doing anything on plan. So for me, I had to stay on my meal plans. I still try to stay with my steps. 
Um, I still tried to do whatever, you know, little bit of cardio. I didn't do my intense cardio, but I still tried to do walks or, you know, stuff like that just to keep myself moving. But deloads can come from injury. Like I said, sometimes when we're on such a heavy training program, we need deloads just to have our body, body recover a little bit more than just a rest day. So we should be taking rest days at least one to two ever so often, at least once a week so that your body can recover from the time that you're at your gym. Because remember, when we are at the gym, we are breaking down our muscles and then the time that we recover. So during our sleep and then during our rest days, that's when our muscles have that opportunity to grow and replenish and everything. So if we don't give ourselves rest, we don't, we're not allowing our muscles that time for growth and repair. Sometimes those one or two days a week are not, is not enough. If we push our body super, super hard, we might see that our joints really achy. Maybe we're not lifting as heavy as we can. You know, it's a day-to-day struggle. You're not seeing as much progress. You know, this is easier to program when you have a coach or a little bit more into the fitness world. Um, but you'll, you'll kind of feel that your body is going to show you signs of being exhausted fatigue, sore, it's going to be different than just the regular fatigue and soreness that you feel. And if you have a trainer, if you have a good trainer, they're going to help work with you in programming in those deload weeks. So for mine, yes, it was injury-based, but I also talked to my trainer and we programmed this deload week. And actually what happened is because I gave my body that time to rest while still being on top of my meals, I came back and I took my check-in pictures and I actually looked way more... I I looked like I had progress even though I didn't really do anything in terms of workouts. Um, I looked just a little bit sharper. It was, you know, I looked healthy and fresh and ready to go. So a good trainer might be able to recognize those signs as well, which is why it's super important to communicate with your coach and to have a coach. So we had that programmed in. We had, you know, we looked at my checking pictures, everything looked good. So that is also a tool for you and your coach to use if you do any type of fitness competition or, you know, just in a regular journey as well. I have a couple friends that I work out with and they're also in upcoming into their deload weeks. Now they don't work with trainers per se, but they're pretty well versed in the fitness industry that they know when it is time for their body um, to take that extra rest to recuperate. Um, they do mostly hit style workouts, which is high intensity interval training. So very, very extreme, very intense on the body. Um, they do it five, six, sometimes seven times a week. Um, very hardcore, very, you know, lifting heavy, pushing their bodies to the limit. So they might even need more deload programs worked in than let's say for me during my off season, I mostly just lift and I do a very minimal amount of cardio. So I'm not, yes, I'm still pushing my body very intensely, but I'm not constantly doing a high intensity interval. So maybe I will only have like one to two deloads, if any, in their time uh, where they have maybe, you know, two or three. But everybody's body is different. Like I said, a coach can really help you through this. Um, Now, you don't want to take a deload when it's not necessary. So how I explained a little bit earlier on needing that deload for 
joint recovery, muscle recovery, and how your body's going to feel a little bit different than it does during a normal need for rest or normal soreness. Now, you don't want to mistake a needing of a deload of just regular soreness, of maybe just taking an extra rest day or, you know, making sure that you're getting in enough water, making sure you're getting in your BCAAs, your foam rolling, your stretching, you're taking your Epsom salt baths. Normally, you're already trying all those things and you're still not making any recovery progress. That is an indication that you need a deload week. We talked about the joint soreness. That's a really big sign for a deload week, joint pain. Um, you're going to feel very, very weak sometimes. Now that can be other things as well. Hormone cycles can affect our strength. Um, other things like if you're not eating enough can affect your strength as well. Um, but if your nutrition is on point and you're getting enough sleep and you're not, you know, in a weird time in your cycle and you're still feeling like you're just losing your strength, then that could be an indication of deload as well. And other than that, like I said, it's just going to be your body kind of telling you, or sometimes even your trainer will be like, hey, from what you're telling me and the signs that you're showing and from your check-in pictures, I really think that you might benefit. Because sometimes we also need a deload week mentally. So we can push ourselves in the gym. We can push ourselves by our meal planning, our meal prepping, our macro counting. And sometimes all of that every single day, you know, nonstop can be a huge load on your mental as well as your physical. So sometimes we'll recommend, sometimes it's maybe taking an extra one or two days of rest just to reset your mind and reset your brain. Maybe it's taking a long weekend, um, but other times you're going to need to take that week. Now I've had people that I've talked to take that deload week in training, like I've talked about previously here in this little podcast, or sometimes I've even had people take deload weeks in tracking. Now, does that mean that you get to eat whatever you want and go balls to the wall and be like, oh, I'm gonna eat everything that I see? Absolutely not. What it's mainly going to mean is if you've been on a macro journey or a fitness journey for so long that you're needing a deload week because it's becoming mentally fatiguing onto you, you're going to kind of know what you you eat on a normal day-to-day basis. You're going to know what four ounces of chicken looks like. You know what a serving of vegetables is going to look like, a good amount of protein. You're still going to follow those guidelines. Now, maybe you're going to intuitively eat a little bit more where you're going to have maybe one meal with friends out at a restaurant, or maybe you're going to have like a one small, like mini piece of candy here and there. Now you just have to make sure that it is all in moderation because we don't want to use these deloads in a self-sabotaging way. Now, what I mean by that is sometimes, and especially now with the holidays coming up, We get into this mindset of, oh, well, I'll start on Monday or I'll start after Thanksgiving or I'll start on New Year's, where we get to this point where we put a a time limit on it. We put a date onto our starting day. And then what happens is we kind of do whatever we want. We self-sabotage. So what I mean by that is, let's say I'm going to say I'm going to start my fitness journey on Monday. I'm just going to take the rest of the week off and I'm going to start Monday. Well, what's going to happen is you're going to be like, well, if I'm starting Monday, I really want to eat all this candy left over from Halloween in my house. So I'm just going to eat all of that. And then, you know, 
on Monday, I'll just throw the rest away. You're going to try to eat as many pieces as you can because you know it's going to go away in a certain period of time. Maybe, you know, you want to go out to eat because you're going to tell yourself, well, I'm starting on Monday, so I got to eat, you know, out as much as I can because on Monday I won't be able to anymore. That is a really negative and self-sabotaging way to think about your eating and your fitness journey. If you are thinking that way, you might have to rewire how you're looking at your fitness journey in general. When I work with people, um, most of my people who are doing um, lifestyle, so they're not really competing, they're just looking for some lifestyle changes. Uh, The most successful thing that I see that works for them is macros, which is counting your proteins, your carbs, and your fats. By having these macros, and sometimes I even scale it down and I tell them, listen, if looking at all three macros is too much for you right now, what we can look at is your calorie count and your protein. So I want you to make sure that we hit that protein number because that's going to be super important for muscle building. And then I want you to make sure that you're not going to go over the calories that I've set for you. This allows them to change their fat and carb limits. So maybe one day their carbs are a little bit higher than their fats. Maybe another day their fats are a little bit higher than their carbs. This will give them kind of a guideline. But because I didn't give them a meal plan of eat exactly this at this time, they have a little bit more freedom to eat what they want. So they can program in the Reese's peanut butter cup, or they can program in a salad from Panera, or they can program in um, a Chipotle bowl or something. Uh, Obviously, it's going to take a little bit more planning, but it's not this super restrictive way of thinking of, well, I can't have anything. Because when we get into that super restrictive mindset, what happens is you're going to want those things more. When we tell ourselves we can't have something, your body is immediately going to be like, well, I would really love to have this thing that I can't have. Uh, When you tell yourself that you're going to have absolutely no sweets and you go cold turkey, what's going to happen? You're going to start craving sweets a couple days into this process. Yes, eventually you can mentally push through that and you'll probably crave sweets less and less, which is the utmost goal, but it could cause a big effort onto you mentally where you start to feel very negative about your fitness journey. So the last thing you want to do is when people are like, hey, do you want to go out? And you go, well, I can't eat out. I can't have this. I can't do this. Not only are you causing yourself to speak negatively towards your own journey and what you are going through, you're also showing to other people that what you're doing is not fun and they are not going to want to do it either. While bodybuilding, this was something that I've pretty much learned through my off season, mostly by looking back onto my prep, but, and you hear it a lot on bodybuilding podcasts as well, is bodybuilding is hard. It is, you know, you're eating pretty much the same thing every day. You are in a heavy restriction, but the last thing you want to do is complain about it because you are the one who chose to do this. You are the one who chose to be on this fitness journey. You're the one who chose to better yourself, to better your health, to better your eating habits, all of this. This is something that you chose. This is not something you were forced into. Now, maybe if you're on this fitness journey because of medical reasons, there was some outside factors to help push you. But all in all, you chose to help better yourself. Now, do you really want to carry this negative baggage with you? Is that going to make you want to wake up and do this every single day? No. Is this also going to inspire people around you to follow in your footsteps and to build an uplifting community? Absolutely not. I remember 
there's a couple of people in my lives and who probably were so sick and tired of me complaining about being tired of being hungry because for them, then it's not fun to be around you. You chose to do this thing and now you're making it their problem. Um, you can also just push away people in that way during a time where you're going to need that support. I know I stay on my meals and my training and everything the best when I have a community of people around me doing something similar. When I can check in with them and be like, hey, I found this really cool um, hack or recipe or protein ice cream. Or I just say, hey guys, you know, when are we working? Like, is anybody working out here soon? Not really getting the motivation. And somebody being like, I'm gonna work out here in about 30 minutes, come join me. Or I'm gonna go to a 6 a.m. class. Or I'm gonna go to a 4.30 p.m. class here. Then you have that community to kind of help push you and better yourself without being like, oh guys, I'm starving. And then complaining, or I don't want to work out, I hate working out, whatever, whatever. I don't want to work out today, it's the last thing I want to do. And then what they're going to do is they're going to be like, oh, okay. And then it kind of, they kind of shut down, and then you're going to shut down. So we just want to keep everything positive. Now, going and kind of piggybacking off of this, I know this is not really a super um, flowy podcast. Um, we talked a little bit about deload, we talked a little bit about um, macro journeys and staying positive and everything. But I'm just going to segue into the holidays and we'll probably talk a little bit more with Nadia um, when she's, you know, with me again about holidays in general coming up because obviously everybody's super busy, school's getting out, school's having breaks. And one thing about the holidays is there is food everywhere. When we get into this winter cold season obviously in like years of genetics and evolutionary um all of that stuff we tend to want to eat more because it's getting colder we want to preserve our energy we're doing less kind of getting into that like hibernation stage so there is food everywhere it's cookies it's soups it's chilies it's hot meals it's hot chocolates it's a lot of these things around and the worst thing that I see is when people say well it's the holidays so I'm just going to throw everything out the window of what I've done and I'll start back January 1st there will always be holidays there will always be events I mean people will say oh the winter the fall it's just it's just not my time to do this because of the holidays but then summer rolls around they're like oh I just I just can't do this right now because it's summer and I have to like go to the lake every weekend and you know barbecues and everything so you know it's it'll be easier for me in the winter. The winter summer holidays is just pretty much the summer events rebranded a little bit chillier. There's always going to be excuses, there's always going to be holidays, there's always going to be get-togethers with family and friends which are important to do for your mental health and your social health. But there are ways that we can work around this. So you can bring your own food, you can bring your own drinks. I used to do this. I was in prep um, about this time last year. I was on the last little legs of my prep. So I was bringing my food everywhere. I was bringing drinks everywhere. So you can do that. You can bring healthier alternatives. You can plan ahead. If your friends are like, hey, I want to go to this event slash restaurant, then maybe you can look at the menu ahead of time, plan that into your meals, plan that into your macros. And then also you can still stay active. You can still, you know, when it's crisp and maybe just 60 degrees outside, you could do some outside walking, maybe running, hiking, 
you can go and use the warm gym if you have a gym membership. And then also remember, technically the holidays are in the fall slash winter. There are three slash four big holidays out of, let's see, October is 31 days. November is... October, hold on, I'm really bad at my calendars. November is 30 days, I should know this, and then December is 31. So that's 92 days. Now, if we count New Year's and all that, then it'll be about 93 days. So you have three, maybe four out of 93 days, which I use the four divided by 93, that is a zero, it is like 4% of the days that you have during this holiday season that are actual holidays. Now, I do understand that some people do stuff on both Christmas Eve and Christmas, or they have multiple family members where you have Christmas with this family or Thanksgiving with a different side of the family and then another Thanksgiving with your side of the family and the same for Christmas or whatever. That is fine still not a huge number of days it's not like you're having the holidays every day for those 93 days you can still be on track and still be active and still eat you know within a guideline for the let's say 85 out of those 93 to 94 days so keep that in mind uh, i do know that me and a few of my friends and we've shared it on the She's Got Muscles podcast. Um, but if you follow me at Fitness with Z, we have a November giving thanks to your body challenge. It is very similar to 75 hard. However, it's a little bit more toned down. So you have daily goals that you're trying to achieve, a gallon of water a day. You're doing a 50 minute workout. Now it doesn't have to be a high intensity workout or a super heavy lifting workout. It can always be a 50 minute walk. It can be a 50 minute yoga, a 50 minute stretch session, just something that fetters your body. It can be a combination. Maybe you do 30 minutes of yoga, 20 minutes of stretching, or you do a 30 minute walk and then 10 minutes of stretching before, 10 minutes of stretching afterwards. Be whatever you want, but just 50 minutes of moving your body some way, shape or form. Staying on a meal plan, following a meal plan. This can be a meal plan given to you exactly by your trainer. It can be a macro guide. It could be, maybe you just have a goal of no alcohol. Maybe it's limit your sugar. Maybe it's no sugar. Maybe it's no soda. Maybe it's a combination of things. Or, you know, maybe you want to have at least two cups of vegetables a day or have a balanced plate or whatever it may be, or even just a calorie count. It can be whatever you want. It just has to be some sort of plan that you stick to. And then the last thing is just posting on your story. You can tag me. You can tag Nadia. Tag me. Definitely tag Nadia. You can tag our podcast for sure. You can tag the gym that you go to. Tag your accountability buddies. You know, you don't have to go through this alone. You can tag maybe you rope in your friend. You can rope them in, have them do it as well. But it's just something every day before Thanksgiving to kind of do a little reset coming off of Halloween, 
all that candy and just making sure that we keep our mindset right before Thanksgiving. And then Thanksgiving will happen. And then obviously we might do another one before Christmas. Um, if this one goes down well, give us your fe feedback on that if you like the challenge. Um, I will share it on our Instagram and our, I think just our Instagram. Well, we'll have the little pre-done poster for you to post on your story so that you can join us in on this challenge as well. If you guys have any questions, I know this was kind of a weird episode because Miss Nadia wasn't here and I miss her so much. Um, but just with scheduling, I really didn't want to push another week of you not hearing um, from our podcast. But if you guys have any questions, let us know. Uh, our next podcast that me and Nadia want to do, we want to do a podcast about keeping just some keeping it simple um, in the gym, in your meals. So we're going to do that. We'll probably talk a little bit about the Olympia. Now, given me and Nadia are trainers in a sense, but we are not bodybuilding professional trainers. Um, she and me, she and I, have not been in the bodybuilding world for so long. So obviously, we do not have a lot of room to give our opinion on these professionals because obviously, um, we are just little babies uh, compared to these wonderful men and women who have competed this weekend. But we will just give in just a little bit of a recap on what it means to us as beginners um, and kind of what we saw this weekend. So stay in tune for that. Um, but make sure you follow us on our social medias. Um, follow Nadia, follow me, follow our podcast, Instagram. We have Twitter, which is now called X, I believe. We have our TikTok. You can also follow us on YouTube. Um, we are obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing me here right now. But if you're listening on a podcast streaming platform, we are streaming on Spotify, Google Podcast, and we are also on Apple Podcast. So let us know if you have any questions. DM us, email us at she'sgotmuscles at gmail.com. Any questions, all of that good stuff. But I hope you guys have a wonderful week and let's do this. Bye.